Hey, Dr. Mike here. I'm gonna be talking about how to make vaccines work better. You don't wanna miss it, so stay tuned. You're listening to Live Foreverish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your hosts, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. All right, welcome to Live Foreverish. I'm your host, Dr. Mike, and I'm not here with my co-host, Dr. Crystal Gossard. She is, believe it or not, on vacation, oh, whatever. Um, anyway, she will be back soon um, on uh, many of our podcasts coming up for 2021. So what I wanted to talk about today was I, I, something I think is a, a very important uh, topic, and that's how to make vaccines work better. And I know that sounds weird because we tend to think, you know, once you get the vaccine, um, you know, your immune system is going to do what it needs to do to respond to that vaccine so that you can build up immunity. And, and, and that's pretty much the theory of vaccines, right? You give a little bit of um, a stimulus to the immune system that's similar to the virus you're trying to fight, and your body mounts an immune response to that, and now you can be protected. And, and that's pretty much how they're supposed to work. And for what we understand, they, they do work that way. And they have been in, throughout human history really um, paramount in, in you know, um, eradicating many diseases, especially diseases of childhood. But you know, let's think about that for a sec. Let's think about what I just said. You know, a vaccine basically is a, is a stimulus to get the immune system to respond and build memory in order to protect you. Well, that's assuming one major thing. Think about it. It's, you know, vaccines are basically running under the assumption that your immune system is strong, that you are able to mount a, a healthy, robust immune response to the vaccine, develop that memory, and then be protected. So that's a big assumption. We already know that as we get older, vaccine immunization is not as robust as, say, compared to when you were in your 20s and 30s. So we already know that if we really want to make a vaccine optimal and work at its best, we need to have a strong immune system. So I want to talk about some of the things that happen or happens to our immune system as we get older. And there's a fancy term for this. It's called immunosenescence. And it's uh, Dr. Crystal and I have talked about this before. Uh, senescence is just, just means dying off. So here you have immunosenescence. So this is the immune system kind of getting weaker as it gets older, as we get older. But we have identified, this is well supported and documented in, in the research and literature, the medical literature. Um, there's, there's, there's four key things that uh, happen to the immune system that leads to immunosenescence. Four big areas, four big things, if you will, that, that disrupt how well the immune system can respond to a virus, a bacteria, or even a vaccine as you get older. So I want to talk about what those four things are. And then what can we, what can natural medicine offer to maybe help reverse those four big changes that we that characterize this this concept called immunosenescence. So there again, let's get let's get right into these four things. No, so the number one thing that happens to our immune system that that characterizes immunosenescence. Number one is we do not make 
as many brand new immune cells as we used to when we were younger. So we have less production, a decrease in production of brand new immune cells. That's number one. Immune cells um, are developed in the bone marrow and our bone marrow just doesn't do it as well as we get older. It's, it's just, and that's well-documented. Um, somebody in their 20s, if you were to measure um, these types of brand new immune cells, which you can, you would find that that 20-year-old has a significant larger population of new cells, new immune cells than somebody in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. So that's number one. We do not make enough brand new immune cells. Number two, um, now this is going to be a weird concept, but you just got to hang on with me. So one of the one of the things that makes the immune system so amazing is that it can it can remember past infection. We call that memory. Your immune system has memory. It remembers past infection. That's why vaccines work. You take a vaccine, you develop an immune response, you develop memory cells, memory immune cells that remember that vaccine. So when you're hit by the real virus, you're ready to attack it right away. Your immune system is primed and ready to go. So the fact that our immune system has memory is pretty amazing when you think about it, right? Well, that can actually cause problems down the line as well, though. You know, if you think about all the different infectious agents that your body has been hit with over the, the decades of life, um, you can imagine you have a lot of memory cells hanging around. And, and, and in most cases, you never get hit again with those infectious agents. So you have these memory cells that are building up and building up and building up that that and most of them just don't do anything. They just hang around uh, and they cause some problems. Memory cells have been shown if that population of memory cells gets too large, it's been shown that they increase inflammation and they increase oxidative stress, which can be very um, detrimental to healthy immune cells. So we have a buildup of memory cells over the decades of life. And although that's an amazing aspect of the immune system, it can actually be detrimental as we get older. Number three, this is a big one. We produce less natural killer cells, right? Now, let me explain what that is. Natural killer cells are cells that are kind of like your frontline soldiers. These are cells that are ready to fight right away. The more natural killer cells you have, your initial um, immune response to an infectious agent is going to be stronger. So we want more natural killer cells. We want an increase in natural killer cells. Unfortunately, as we get older, we see a decrease. Going back to the 20-year-old versus the 80-year-old, the 20-year-old is going to have a much larger population of natural killer cells than the 80-year-old. That's number three. Number four is we tend to have more immune suppressor cells. Let me explain wh why that's important. So your immune system can be powerful, right? We know that. As a matter of fact, if it's, if it's not kept in check, you can develop autoimmune disorders. And those can be very devastating to the human body. Well, in, in, in order to kind of keep the immune system in check, the immune system has immune cells whose sole purpose or job is to turn off the immune response once, once you won the, the, that battle, that particular battle with a specific 
infectious agent. Your immune system needs to turn on to fight, but then it also needs to calm down when things are better. And that's what the suppressor cells do. And you want a nice healthy balance between immune cells that fight, you can call them activators, and immune cells that suppress, the, the calming um, cells that bring things down. Well, guess what happens as we get older? We tend to have an increase in these suppressor cells, which means our immune system overall is kind of dampened. It's kind of suppressed. So we're not going to have that robust response that we want to have. So those are four things that characterize immunosenescence, uh, a struggling immune system, immune dysfunction. Again, just to review, number one, we don't make as many brand new immune cells. Number two, we have a buildup of memory cells that can cause inflammation and oxidative stress. We have fewer natural killer cells, those frontline fighters, and we have too many suppressor cells. That right there, characterize, those four things characterize immunosenescence. So think about it. Um, you know, it, I, well, I guess some people might ask, um, the, the next question might be, well, when does all that begin to happen? <laughs> I got, uh, is, there, is, there, is there a certain age that, that uh, you know, these, these four things kind of start to increase? Um, well, there, it's, it's hard to say because everybody's a little bit different. Um, you know, for some people, um, you know, if you're, if you're not eating well, you're not exercising, you're drinking too much, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever lifestyle that you're doing, that, that's maybe not the most healthy lifestyle, you might start experiencing immunosenescence in some of these, these four things um, in your 40s and 50s. If you're real healthy and, and eating the way you're supposed to eat and exercising and not drinking too much alcohol and, you know, keeping stress in check and all that kind of stuff, uh, maybe for you, it's in your 60s and 70s. So, so it's, it's hard to say, you know, at 55, we start to see immunosenescence. I, I can't say that. That might be for some people, but not for others. So there's really not an exact age here, but, but I think it's safe to say that, you know, when you look at infections, when you look at the flu and you look at cold and you, and you look at, you know, um, you know, novel viruses that, that can hit us and cause problems, the one group that is always at the highest risk are people over 65. I mean, that, that, that's pretty consistent, infectious agent to infectious agent, right? Uh, people over 65 automatically go into a high, high risk group. That's where you're going to see most of your hospitalizations, most of your deaths um, uh, from in infections. And so I, I think based on that, I think it's pretty safe to say that when you're when you hit your 60s, you're going to start you're going to you're going to have to start dealing with immunosenescence issues. You're going to start having less new cells, too many memory cells, not enough NK, natural killer cells, and too many suppressor cells. I think, I think it's safe to say by the time we hit our mid-60s, we're in that population of people with immunosenescence. So what do we do about it? I mean, that's all great. That's great information that I just gave, I think, right? Um, it helps to explain maybe why older populations are at more risk, right? Uh, and so, but what do we do about it? Is, is, are there things out there that can help to reverse some of these characteristics of a, a low functioning immune system? And, and it turns out there are. Um, 
there are natural extracts that have been shown to help to reverse some of these characteristics of immunosenescence. The first one I wanna mention is a really interesting, uh, interesting desert plant. It's called cystanch. Cystanch is um, a plant that has compounds in it that has been shown to help stimulate brand new immune cell production from the bone marrow. There you go. That was like the first thing, right? We're not, we don't make enough brand new cells, brand new immune cells. Well, cystanch has been um, well established in the literature. Um, some of it laboratory work, that is true, but, but you know, we got to start somewhere. It has been shown to stimulate the production of, of new cells. And not just that, it seems that this desert plant, cystanch, is also able to help those new cells um, mature so that they can be real robust fighting immune cells in the future. So cystanch plays a big role in, in helping our bone marrow make new cells. Uh, turns out cystanch is also really good at helping to rid the body of some of the memory cells. Some of those old memory cells that we really don't need and they can cause problems, cystanch has been shown to help those um, cells die off and help the body get rid of them. A second um, extract actually comes from tea. It's called pu'er tea. Uh, that's P-U-R-E-R-T, pu'er tea. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but it's a it's a oxidized, really black tea. Um, it is consumed in in other countries, really not in the West, not definitely not in the United States that much. But cool air tea also has compounds that will help the bone marrow increase brand new um, cells, uh, immune cells, um, and also though the the interesting thing for me, what I, what really caught my attention was this oxidized, really black tea is able to help rebalance the immune activators with the immune suppressors. Remember, that was one of the characteristics of, a, of, a, of an old immune system, was that we have too many suppressors. So it looks like PUERT is able to help rebalance the activators to the suppressors. Another big one is a mushroom called reishi. I'm sure many uh, of you in our audience have heard of reishi before. Why we like reishi, um, it boosts natural killer cells. Reishi is one of the best mushrooms, really one of the best natural extracts, period, for increasing the population of natural killer cells. So right there, sustanch, pu'er tea, and reishi mushroom can really help to reverse some of those things that characterize immunosenescence. Now, don't forget the, the big ones too, vitamin D, zinc, selenium. People don't talk about selenium as much as they should with the immune system. Vitamin D, zinc, and selenium also can play a big role in just helping the immune system overall rev up so that you can respond better to a vaccine if you decide to get one. So vaccines are awesome, but remember, there's an assumption with vaccines that you have a robust, robust immune system that you can actually that you can actually respond to the vaccine and develop memory from it. That's that's a big assumption. 
And if you're getting older, if you're getting in your 60s, 70s, and 80s, based on immunosenescence, there's a good chance that you probably don't respond to the vaccine as well as we as you should. So consider Sustanch, PUERT, Reishi, vitamin D, zinc, and selenium to, to help the vaccine work better. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, we have a lot of other podcasts at liveforeverish.com. That's liveforeverish.com. And when you're there, go ahead and like and share and comment. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.